What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 20 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, a.k.a. the Brit Chief, and Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs. In this week's show, Tom and I will be taking a closer look at the nerve-wracking game against the Cleveland Browns, and we'll be looking ahead to week two matchup as the Chiefs take on the Ravens at Baltimore. But first, mate, what a week to start 2021 season, wasn't it? What a week it was. Were you doing a Travis Kelsey impression, Ned? I don't know if you saw him on the Manning cast last night, or Monday night, rather, when he was talking to, to the Manning brothers, Peyton and um, Eli, not the other one. What's the other one's name? I've, I've forgotten his name. Uh, they always go on about him. Oh, now it's going to really bother me now, because there's another Manning brother. and You didn't quite make it. He shouldn't be famous, but he is because he's a Manning but he doesn't do anything that warrants being famous other than being a brother of a famous person. Oh, it's going to really bother me. You've got Archie, which is the nephew, haven't you? Yeah. He's going to be in the next Superstar QB. What is his name? What is his name? He's the run, Anyways, he's the run to the Mannings. I digress. I, di- <laughs> I digress. I digress. Yes, what a week it was. Like we've been starved of football for months upon months upon months. Two hundred and fourteen days was it? Days was it between uh, red zones or something like that? And oh, mate. we get to this week one, and we would have accepted anything. We would have accepted the most boring, beat down games we could get. We would have accepted <laughs> college football, like SEC versus a D two school type beat down. We'd have been happy with that because it's been so long. And then what does week one of the NFL season do? It throws up. Three or four absolute humdingers. Like the, the the games in Tampa Bay, in Kansas City, in Detroit, and in Las Vegas last night. What a week! What a week of football! And I'm sure I'm I'm. There's other games out there that were just equally as good. The game in Cincinnati that was incredible as well. That was just, yes, yeah. just so many good games, and it just sitting there being a football fan this weekend it was just like the the best. I was in my happy place this weekend. What a weekend! Definitely, mate. From like you said, six o'clock onwards, it was just, this is great. I'm loving this. We had Scott Hansen on the TV, watching the Red Zone, watching mm-hmm. all of the, the dramas unfolding. I mean, I, I particularly enjoyed the, the Niners versus the Lions. That was one of my favorites, I think. And, and, and how the Lions were kind of coming back into it from like, I don't know what, I don't know what the deficit was before, but it was, it was a wide margin. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. Fantastic. Um, they, all, they almost pulled off the comeback for the ages. By the way, I've had a look whilst you were talking. It's Cooper Manning. Cooper Manning is the name. Cooper Manning. Yeah. Have you ever met a Cooper? I've never met a Cooper. No, I have a mate called, uh, his last name's Cooper and we call him Cooper. So yeah, that's close. That count? It's not really a traditional English name, is it, Cooper? <laughs> no, not really, no. No, no. But saying that, I mean, how many different names are there out there now in the NFL where it's like such and such a body the second, Patrick Mahomes the second, yeah. such and such a body the third. I think there was a, I don't know who it was, but there's so many like that, isn't there, where there's a second, a third, a fourth. Maybe they just love like monarchy history and they just, they just all see themselves as kings of their own castles and they talk to pass down <laughs> their names. Maybe that's all it is. So anyway, mate, let's talk about the Chiefs and the Browns because um, a lot's been said already with the uh, the podcast already in the Arrowhead Pride team. And uh, we thought we'd give our own little spin on this and, and give you our thoughts on it before we obviously go ahead and uh, look ahead to week two. But, um, you know, the Browns in this game, I mean, I don't know if it shocked you, but it kind of shocked me. Right from the off, the Browns really took a stranglehold of this game. They dominated from literally the first minute, didn't they? I mean, I know the Chiefs' offense kind of kept in line with them a little bit on their on their first drive, and I think that ended in a field goal, didn't it? Mm-hmm. But the way the Browns 
were just throwing in so much like misdirection, so many kind of creative plays. I mean, I think I remember Landry was looking to wind up a pass, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, from a flea, fl- uh, flea flicker. And it, it just looked like a different Browns team. And I was, I was talking about the Browns at the beginning of, you know, obviously our last show that we did. And I was saying, are they going to be the next Jags? Are they yeah. just going to kind of dive off the cliff, you know, because they've had a good year and they're going to have a more difficult schedule this year. But the Browns really are a legit team, aren't they? They are, they are. As someone who sat here on the last podcast and said, oh, the Chiefs are going to cakewalk this. They're going to be up big at halftime and then they're going to be up even bigger at full time. They, I have to hold my hand up and say I was wrong. But at the same time, when we yeah. recorded this show, I was convinced that Tyron Matthew was going to be playing. I was convinced that Frank Clark was going to be playing. When it got released on on Sunday afternoon that Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark wasn't playing, I was worried big time. And I was worried about the run game defense because yeah. Frank Clark is the guy that sets the edge on the right-hand side. For everyone moaning about the lack of sacks, he is very good in the run game. And Tyron Matthew is probably our best run defender in the secondary. So to be missing them too, I was worried because we were talking about Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb last week and the power running game of the Cleveland Browns. And they come out and they just basically laid a marker and said, until you stop doing this, we're going to keep running. And when you do eventually stop it, we've got the talent on the outside. We've got Baker Mayfield, who is capable of making all sorts of throws, which he showed on Sunday, and they weren't scared. And what really said to me that it was going to be a close game or it was going to be a hard battle was when we got them to four from three at our own six-yard line, I think it was. And yeah. instead of kicking the points, they done what every smart team should do against Kansas City, and they went for it. And they converted, yeah. and two plays later, they scored a touchdown. And then it goes to this point after attempt and Chris Jones lines up offside or a neutral zone infraction, which halves the distance to the goal. So what do the Browns do? They then bring Baker Mayfield back out onto the field and they go for the two-point conversion and they uh, convert that with Kareem Hunt. I said last year, and I said several times, that the Pampers and the Raiders both played the Chiefs' best hour ahead. They'd Mm -hmm. come out, they'd come out swinging, they went for fourth downs, they were aggressive with play calling, and the Raiders got like uh, Raiders got their victory. The Panthers were so close, a field goal away from getting the victory. The Browns come into Arrowhead and done exactly that. And if teams continue to do that against the Chiefs, then they're going to have some success. The blueprint isn't out there because the Browns didn't win because they didn't convert all of their drives, but they at least showed a good fifty to seventy percent of what you need to do to at least stand a chance to beat the Chiefs. It is a daring approach, really, because I know uh, teams have tried in the past where they've gone for a two-point conversion and have actually failed on it as well, haven't yeah. they, in, uh, in our head? So, it you know, it, it can pile the pressure on the Chiefs a little bit if the Chiefs know what pressure is. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they never seem to uh, get any... They never seem to get flummoxed by anything, really, do mm-hmm. they? You know, at any points deficit, they're still in with a shout. Um, but, you know, the, the, the thing that really surprised me about the Browns was was you could see clearly... Both sides of the ball, they have legit talent there, and oh, they have. They, they, I mean, they are a threat to anybody moving forward. And um, I, I've actually messaged a few Browns fans that I know of over here, and, and I've said, "Look, we're going to see each other again in the playoffs." That's how I feel that this 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 game went. That the Chiefs and the Browns will be fighting it out in the playoffs yet again. And I don't want to. I don't want to face the Browns again. I don't want to. You're that guy, aren't you? Like. Yeah, <laughs> I hate people like you. Like, really? <laughs> yeah, I, I hate people like you. Like, if uh, is this a football okay, match? And Arsenal have just lost to uh, like a Man United, Man United or Man City. Last thing I want is a Man United or a Man City fan <laughs> messaging me saying, "Oh, you did really well. You're a really good team. Your time will come. Don't worry." <laughs> it's the last thing I want to hear. Like, it's like moral victories are worth nothing Browns fans don't want <laughs> Browns fans don't want you in their DMs and I know what you're like it wasn't as nice as that either because no, I wasn't. know that you are a terrible <laughs> terrible terrible winner Browns fans don't want the, 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 the plucky Chiefs fan going oh you did really well last week well done your time friends. I just don't want it <laughs> yeah so you can two thumbs up going friends like they don't friends. want to hear that 
<laughs> and I just uh, people like you wind me up. If I was a Browns fan and I had you on the other end of my phone, I would just hit that block button immediately. No chance. No <laughs> chance would I stand for that. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is, right? It, it's it's all those years of getting those messages back, getting those messages. <laughs> towards since was it your time will come mate don't you worry you know it's like oh whatever so it's just all i'm doing is i'm just i'm just just offering it back out again that's all i'm doing i don't care if we play the browns again in january i think sunday uh, as as a whole demonstrated how far away the afc is um from the chiefs like we've said it and i've said it before i feel like the bills are closer to the browns than they are the chiefs i feel like the browns are closer to the ravens and the steelers than they are the chiefs yes we had a close game on sunday yes they did make me like get up and think take notice and think actually the chiefs might lose in week one but did it make me think any less of the chiefs no because the browns gave it their best shot they gave everything and the chiefs were missing tyron matthew the Chiefs were missing Frank Clark. The Chiefs were missing anyone being able to catch a pass that wasn't named Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. <laughs> they had this offensive line playing for the first game. They had three rookies on the offensive line. And guess what? The Browns still lost. Not because the Browns are a bad team. It's because the Chiefs are just that good. And yeah. I'm glad only Chiefs fans listen to this because they're sitting going, oh, he's arrogant. But guess what? I'm also right. Patrick Mahomes has now won, what, 21 of his last 22 regular season games? Do you know the last time that Patrick Mahomes lost a regular season game that wasn't the Raiders game? Do you know where we were? No. We were in Newcastle nearly two years ago. We're going to be for the first time since then next week. So the last Arrowheads Abroad meetup before the pandemic was the last time that Patrick Mahomes lost a football game that wasn't the Raiders in the regular season. The man is a joke. Look at the comeback wins. What was it now? 12, 10 point mm. deficits that he's managed to overcome. That's yeah. crazy. I saw a, a graphic go around that Joe Montana was like 30% in those games. Brady's like 35%. And then you got Tom uh, Patrick Mahomes at like 65%. Like, <laughs> come on. It doesn't matter what other teams do. The only way yeah. to beat Patrick Mahomes is to get a Tom Brady and to line up his offensive line and kneecap them all before a game. Like that's going to be the only way to beat Patrick Mahomes from now on. It's just, it's, it's mad. Like, Sunday, Sunday, I've never felt so good after the win as I did on Sunday, because it just, it just confirmed everything that I yeah. thought about this team. Right. Well, uh, should we get into some key, <laughs> key points of that? Because I mean, you've just completely thrown me off there, man. Really have. I mean, yeah, I mean, I get it. I get the arrogance. I get the, you know, we, we we do get sorry excuse I mean, me i'm oh. just like sorry i'm just lighting a cigar and sitting having a puff boss <laughs> <laughs> as the thug life sunglasses drop down above yeah. over your eyes <laughs> i am literally that thug life meme right now <laughs> I've got i've never seen you that arrogant before mate. i really haven't but I, I, i'm liking it i must admit i'm liking it i'm really liking it <laughs> Um, some of the key points in the game, the Chiefs' run game really isn't that kind of legit at the minute, is it? Um, no, I don't <laughs> it really care. isn't. I, I know, I know you don't care. I know, I know, I know. At this point, you just sat here, just going, "Yeah, whatever, Brad, we won." <laughs> we it's move not, on. It's like, whatever, like I love running the football, and I do. Like, there's nothing like watching a good rushing touchdown. Like one of my favorites yeah. of the last few years was Damien Williams against the Vikings. Do you remember when he broke it like 90 yards, and the one where Tyreek Hill was trying to catch him up? Yeah, like, yeah. That was like a really fun play to watch, and like seeing the old Jamal Charles runs. But do you know what's more fun than that? watching Patrick Mahomes throw the football. So every time you hand the ball off, you're just taking away an opportunity to watch Patrick Mahomes do his thing. And I, I'm, I'm not here for like the whole uh, efficiency EPA argument. I just yeah. aesthetically enjoy watching Patrick Mahomes throw the ball more than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire running it. A, because Patrick Mahomes is really, really, really good at throwing a football. And yeah. B, because the, the fun game just isn't effective in, at the moment. Like, yes, they brought no. it in over, after half time to try and balance out the offence a little bit. And it has its advantages and its benefits there. But ultimately, games will be won and lost by what Patrick Mahomes and his receivers do. And for me, the, the offensive line, that their, their focus should be on protecting Patrick Mahomes. If a run play is called, yeah, of course, try 
and create House with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. If you're not going to create them, I'm not going to lose sleep over it because it just means we're going to get to second and long and third and long, and then we get to see Patrick Mahomes do his thing. I've got this image of you sat there, and every time the ball's handed off, your heart sinks. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm not going to see another amazing play from Patrick Mahomes. Do you know what the best run play was on Sunday night? It was when Blake Bell went under centre and ran the QB sneak. That was the best oh, run yeah. play on, on Sunday night. <laughs> and that's it. And, yeah. and I'm trying to bring it up as an issue and you're like, nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> don't worry about it. We're going to see, we're going to see on Sunday, we're going to see on Sunday night against the Ravens. We get into this, how little running the football actually matters for the Chiefs. For other teams, it matters. For the Chiefs, yeah. it just doesn't matter. When the Ravens come out and blitz Patrick Mahomes 17 times in the first quarter and it's, 34 nil at half time or whatever it is, we'll, we'll see like exactly how useless running the football is for a team like the Chiefs when you've got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, one of the key areas also I've got down here is, I mean, it was your guy that you said that was w- one of the ones to watch, wasn't it really? And it was Travis Kelsey. I mean, the Browns came out with a game plan focusing on Travis Kelsey to try and remove him from the game completely. Mm-hmm. And it never materialised. No. And and how many times have we heard teams saying, we've got to take out Kelsey or yeah. we've got to take out Tyreek Hill? And it never happens. And they always seem to find the space to get open. How did they do it? If, yeah. if a whole team's defence is trying to focus all of their energy on one player, how is he still getting open? I think it goes to show like how big the injuries were on the offensive line in the Super Bowl. Because yeah. the Browns tried adopting a very similar approach to the Bucks, where they rushed four and they dropped seven did, into yeah. coverage. But the problem was that they weren't really getting home. And I feel like the Chiefs have been working on playing for that because they saw it a lot at the end of last season. I think yeah. it was the Raiders had done it first at Arrowhead. And then all of a sudden, more and more teams were trying it. And obviously, the Bucks had most success with it with mm-hmm. see the injuries to the offensive line. So I feel like the Chiefs have, have built the playbook around getting Kelsey and Hill open regardless of how many guys are rushing the quarterback. If there's seven in coverage, they're going to get them open. If you're going to play a zone, that's just crazy anyway, because Travis Kelsey might be the greatest receiver against zone coverages ever. He just yeah. always seems to be open. I don't know if you again, going back to the Manning cast with Travis Kelsey on it. And he, he said uh, they were talking to, to, to Travis and asking him about like him getting open. And he says, and I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast, so this might have to get bleeped out by Steve. <laughs> okay. I don't know. But he, gets, he, he, he says, ah, oh, he gets the line and he uh, sees something before the snap and he gives like, Patrick uh, a look and he goes, ah, oh, we're going to make some <laughs> up here. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he says it and I believe it. I, d- I just yeah. do believe it. Do you remember that clip a couple of years ago when, it was from an NFL films thing and it was during a game and it was a wide thing and Travis Kelsey ran, it was like a corner rope and he decided yeah. to come back in. Patrick just knew to throw the ball there, uh, yeah. to throw the ball there. And Travis was like, oh, how did you know I was going to do that? And it was almost like they were telepathic. And I do believe that. Like if you yeah, yeah. work with someone enough, you do know how each other works. And mm-hmm. I think with Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes, they've just got such good chemistry that they could almost play the game blindfolded. That's that's how good they are at what they do and how much they trust each other. Yeah. I think there was another play as well where um, I think Kelsey ran a route and, and Mahomes had already thrown it. Yeah. Before Kelsey had actually turned around. And uh, as soon as Kelsey turned around, it was literally on him and he, he managed yeah. to just pick it out of the air. And it's, it's that... It's that connection, isn't it? Like you're saying that they managed to build this 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 connection up over the last three years, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's amazing how they're still on that wavelength, that same wavelength. But like you said, I mean, if you work with somebody long enough, you're gonna know that they'll read the game probably the same as what you will. Yeah, exactly. I know that you will bring up Nick Bolton at some point in this podcast, for example. <laughs> exactly. I, I, know that. That, I know that happened. <laughs> so I'm going to preempt you and talk about Nick Bolton because how did you feel he'd done? I thought he'd had a stellar debut. He managed to outsnap Ben Neiman. He managed to mm-hmm. get the starting reps, which is really good for the future. So when you're looking at uh, when Willie Gay gets back, it, it seems like Nick Bowen is going to be one of the fir- the three in the um, yeah. in the base packages. And then when uh, they get to uh, the, the different sort of packages, he might substitute in then ahead of Ben Neiman. So I thought overall he had he had a, a good day to begin with. I think he had a good day against the uh, you know a very good offense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's something that. Um, 
we need to point out there is, you know, the Browns are a legit offense and um, and he managed to do his job. And that, and that's all you can ask of, of him, really. And and when you've got somebody like Matthew, who is out of the game as well, who's not being that, that, that leader out there and pulling the strings, you know, it's going to be a bit difficult on the rookies. And it's, you know, because a lot of that is going to be resting on their shoulders a little bit mm-hmm. more, isn't it? Um, and not to be guided as much. I mean, I know Hitchens was there, but um, Hitchens got injured as well, didn't he? Something wrong with his yeah. arm that he had. I don't um, think he broke his elbow or something crazy like that. I don't know if it was true in the end, but no idea. Speculating it's... on Twitter that he like broke his elbow, and I'm thinking, well, Weird. he can't have broken it that badly because he's back in this game. But yeah. if he went down, then it would have been disastrous. If he went down for a long period of time, for sure. I, I actually thought I thought he'd, he'd fractured his arm the way he was holding it. I thought, yeah. oh god, that's not good. He's he's, he's going to be out for weeks for this. But yeah, next thing he's back on the field. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I really I was really happy with the way Nick Bolton played. I think who's it said on the uh, the podcast? I think I think it was on the um, it might have been Ron actually said it in our head Pride. He said he, he looked like a, a rookie. Are you, you, know, are you he, stealing he, content from oh, other yeah. podcasts? Yeah, yeah. No, oh, I'm making notes and everything. All these notes down here are all from all the different previous podcasts that we listened to this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the favorite listener, me. <laughs> are you the guy that's been leaving all the five star reviews for us recently? Have you just been Maybe. having burner accounts? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, the the other thing I wanted to touch on is obviously the all line, and it's something that you brought up actually on Twitter. And I just saw I never saw it during the game. You saw stealing content game, again. I see stealing content again. Yeah, oh, I'm, all, I'm all about that, mate. I'm like a magpie. I just steal all the shiny things. Um, but you mentioned Trey Smith, didn't you? Yeah. Um, where Mahomes running for the touchdown, and it looked as though I didn't. Like I said, I didn't see this, but you saw it, and you said just watch Trey Smith. And I watched yeah. him and I thought, wow, what's he going to do? And Mahomes was running into somebody who was going to be, he was going to get, he was going to get put on his, put on his ass basically, wasn't he? Mm. Um, and Trey Smith came out of nowhere and just knocked that blocker out of the way, didn't he? Yeah. Originally I described it as watching a defender get swallowed whole because on the original <laughs> replay, the first replay we saw on the broadcast and the only replay we saw on the broadcast, I saw Pat Mahomes running. And then just before he ran into the end zone, I just saw this guy, this like demon come and like swallow a man. And it's just like, man disappeared. It's like, where's man gone? He's actually been <laughs> swallowed. And I couldn't work out who the offensive lineman was. I couldn't. And it's not until I saw the replay on a tweet um, there, which enabled me to see who the guy was. I was like, oh, it's Trey Smith. Yeah, I should have... Uh, Oh, I should have figured that out earlier. Shouldn't I? It wasn't going to be someone nice. Just seeing this like animal of a man just come and just destroy this poor defender who didn't have a clue it was coming, by the way. (laughs) Just didn't have a clue. I'm all for violence. I love it. I know some people on Twitter are actually saying that it was a block in the back, but it wasn't. It was from the side. That's what yeah. it was. And the guy fell forward. He, he, he almost like spun round, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, from <laughs> from the, uh, I mean, getting hit off Trey Smith, poor guy. I mean, seriously. Um, but um, I suppose we have to point out and close this out really about the, uh, the Browns game uh, before we move on. But um, there was a, a fair amount of luck in this game as well. I mean, the punter, for instance, uh, was it Jamie Gillen? Yeah. I've n- I don't think I've ever seen a punter spill a ball like that for a long time it's it's not unlike though a scotsman to boil it in a big moment though is it <laughs> uh, i apologize being english a war just, again mate. Yeah, a bit, being english i had to say that yeah <laughs> william wallace is coming down <laughs> the, the great scottish chief show is going to come down he's going oh my <laughs> god um, yeah. there's going to be a battle i'm going to get beheaded <laughs> someone's getting beheaded no um no, we like that, that over here. It's all that, medieval over here, isn't it, mate? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Since the pandemic started, it's just gone back like 800 years. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, sorry. You teed me up for that one. No, that was obviously a huge moment. Um, yeah. Momentum was very much in our favor at that point. Mahomes had just thrown that 75 yard flick to Tyreek Hill. Chris Jones had just got a monster sack. The Browns were a free and out. And then, the punter, he'd spilled the ball and next thing you know, the Chiefs are knocking on the door once again. Yeah, it was it was huge. That that three-minute sequence was the complete game changer. It was the momentum swinger. So yeah, it, I feel sorry for the guy because punters get enough stick as it is. Like they yeah. should be able to just turn up, do their job and go home. But if they don't <laughs> do, do their job properly, more often than not, 
it's extremely costly. And for the Browns this time, it was extremely costly. Yeah. I, I always thought the punter was always the easiest job on the on the field, but yeah, same here. you've got to catch the ball and you've got to kick the ball and you've got to yeah. kick it very far. Yeah. Yeah, but and keep it away from the uh, the punt returner. And <laughs> how far do you could, how far do you reckon you could punt the ball? Um I can punt it quite high. I don't know about how long. <laughs> I think that's I've never really measured it, mate. I mean, I know we did field goals in uh, in, <laughs> in Miami, and I knew you were going to bring that up as well. There we go. There's a connection again, isn't it? I never really. You were going to bring field goals. Uh, I knew it. <laughs> now, I, you, I reckon a punt. I reckon I could do fifty. Fifty, yeah. Yeah, easy. I, I know. Actually, seeing your leg, I think you could probably push sixty. Yeah, um, I, definitely fifty. And then field goal, I reckon I've got at least 120. <laughs> <laughs> no, field goal, I reckon I've got at least 45. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I, I couldn't, accuracy could go anywhere. But yeah. in terms of distance, yeah, 45, easy. I don't even know what how long that was in Miami, to be honest. I know they had the markers out, but they weren't exact <laughs> markers, really. Yeah, but the markers said like 50. But it wasn't, it was yeah. more like 30. <laughs> but I obviously going to go around and tell everyone, yeah, I kicked a 50-yard field goal in uh, Miami, <laughs> but actually it was more like 30. <laughs> like right under the post. <laughs> um, yeah, the, I mean, obviously toward the, uh, toward the end of the game, I mean, I, I actually tweeted a stat out about the last 10 minutes of the game, and it was the win probability. Okay. I don't know if you saw this. Um, with 10 minutes and 24 seconds in the fourth quarter remaining, the Browns had a win probability win probability of 86.4%. In three minutes' time, that swung to the Chiefs in 88.3% <laughs> in three minutes. <laughs> I mean, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Like, it the Mahomes to- effect. What I was saying 10, 15 minutes ago when you were calling me arrogant is... <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. That is the reason why teams play scared because of Patrick Mahomes. Defenses are scared of Patrick Mahomes. Offenses are scared by the consequences of not keeping up with Patrick Mahomes. It is the Patrick Mahomes effect. Patrick Mahomes is the one that gets the crowd going. Patrick Mahomes is get the, the one that gets the team going. He's the one that terrifies opposing coaches, opposing players. It is all Patrick Levon Mahomes. And that is why probability should have probably been 100% for the Chiefs the whole way through anyway. <laughs> Even when we were behind, yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. I think we'll leave it there for a break. When we come back, we'll be giving you our thoughts on the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings. And we'll be previewing the Week 2 matchup between the Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with myself, Brad Simcox, and Tom Childs. 
We're going to be discussing the recent Arrowhead Pride power rankings, uh, which have uh, there's been some movers and groovers in this one. Mm. Big, big changes, isn't it, mate? Um, I'm just having a look at them now, and we've still got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers still at number one, which I would have kind of agree with that because they're still the unbeaten team since yeah. the Super Bowl. Um, and you obviously you've got the Tom Brady and Gronk effect that's going on. So I can kind of agree with that. Kansas City Chiefs, second. Yes, I would agree with that. Rams, yeah. I'm surprised, actually. I'm actually surprised that the Browns are fourth in this one. They were fifth, but they are fourth now, aren't they? They are. They, they moved up slightly. Like they lost. I think they won the few teams that moved up and lost in the same week. Yeah. Like traditionally, that doesn't normally happen, but credit where credit is due. Admittedly, the the teams above them were really, really bad this week. Like before the, this uh, last week's rankings, we had the Bills and the Packers in the top five, and they've dropped all the way down. The Buffalo Bills have I'm dropped. Still to scrolling. Uh, yeah, the Green Bay Packers have dropped to tenth. Um, if only Aaron Rodgers had stayed and worked out with his team this uh, off season, maybe they would have had a better start. But there's there's some big movers in there's some big movers in this. The Arizona Cardinals, of course, after yeah. that performance in Tennessee, Chandler Jones. What are you doing getting five sacks for? We've got money on Chris Jones to win yeah. Defensive Player of the Year, and you go and get five sacks in day one. The thing about this is that everyone's going to remember that. So now, if it comes to mm. close. It, Chandler Jones and Chris Jones are similar sort of sacks and they're one and two. Everyone will remember the five-game performance. And so that yeah. will be the deciding factor. So now we need Chris Jones just to blow Chandler Jones out of the water. Um, other big fallers, obviously the Baltimore Ravens, but we're going to get to them. That's a big and, drop. Um, yeah. uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars fell from 29th to 32nd after somehow being worse than they were last year, despite adding more talent. Like that. To lose to that bunch of pensioners in Houston Texans, like, did you watch the, any of the Texans Jacks game? Like, they have got so many old guys in that Texas yeah. team. Like, it is like a vet's home. It is. It, it's just. <laughs> it's just crazy. I was like, oh, Mark Ingram, Tyrell Taylor, like even Brandon Cooks has been around for ages now. Like all their main yeah. guys are like really, really old. And um, they tore the Jags a new one. <laughs> yeah, and they tore exactly. Urban Meyer, man, he's he's not going to last that long. Um, yeah. The Dolphins and the Pats are neck and neck because their game was basically neck and neck. The, the Titans fell; they went from eleventh to seventeenth because their defense couldn't stop. Couldn't surprised stop. at them. I was very they surprised at them. Bad. So it's, it goes to show like how little we actually know in the preseason and how little the preseason actually gives away because you can get to week one and for everyone, for example, there's rankings I saw last week with Buffalo Bills being number one in the league. And now we've got them in eight. Like it just goes to show that nothing is a given in this league other than Patrick Mahomes being awesome, but I'm not going to talk about him anymore. Um, yeah. So <laughs> overall, it was an interesting week. We mentioned at the start of the show, the amount of good games there were. Um, let's see if it returns to the norm. Uh, this week and if teams continue to perform like they did last week I expect the Saints to move up heavily they moved up from 12th to 9th this week I expect them to move up again if they have another good week the Chargers they could potentially break the top five because that was a sneaky good win against a really good Washington team Um, Mm -hmm. and the Seahawks they look dominant against the Colts so yeah it's, it's, it's interesting the only thing I expect to say constant for the next few weeks is Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay, and Kansas City at one and two? But it, but um, if there's more performances like we saw out of Patrick Mahomes and Co on Sun uh, this week, then maybe they might be number one next week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, one of the teams in there that I'm really keeping an eye on at the moment is the Niners. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. um, it's one of your tips actually for the yeah. Super Bowl, isn't it? Yeah. Um, they look phenomenal up until the, what was it? The last two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm not reading into that. As we support a team that has had many a scary last two minutes yeah. from just stupid things like not recovering an onside kick and things like that. Um, it doesn't worry me. Yes. The Lions almost pulled it off, but the fact of the matter is they didn't. This game was like 41, 17 with two minutes to go. That's the, that's the big story here. How dominant the 49ers were on the road in their first week. Yeah. Um, and just one more thing. Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, did he, did he, is he playing to get traded? Is that what he's trying to do? Because <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just awful. Just awful. You know, somebody's trying to, somebody tried to trade him in the fantasy league. Really? This week. 
Yeah, just tried to trade him. I mean, I think it was just today, and nobody would take him. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I don't get it. I don't. I if I was a Packers fan, I'd be fuming with the whole Aaron Rodgers situation because yeah. the way he's behaved this offseason, we've talked about him far too much as it is. But mm. I hope that he continues to play poorly, and the Packers can just get rid of him next year and start fresh with Jordan Love. Okay, week two is upon us already. It is. The Chiefs will be taking on the Ravens in Baltimore. And Mahomes will be looking to keep his impeccable record of 3-0 and going up against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Can he do it again in Baltimore? Um, this is going to be a, an interesting one again because obviously we saw the, the run game was quite effective against the Chiefs uh, by the Browns. And we're against another run-heavy team, really. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> well... We would have been if uh, they were all fit and healthy. Um, yeah. The the main threat really is obviously going to be Lamar Jackson because he still looks elusive from what I saw mm. in the game against the Ra- uh, the Raiders. Um, but you know, I'm st- I'm still a little bit jittery about this Chiefs defense, especially the run D. Um, and to see somebody like Lamar Jackson, the way he moves, are you not a little bit scared about this about no. this matchup? No, I'm not. <laughs> not at all. No, we've seen it three times now. And I've the first one, okay, an arrow ahead in 2018, this really early in Lamar Jackson's Ravens career. The second one, in our ahead, the Chiefs disposed of Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. quite easily. The one last year on Monday Night Football, the Ravens were the team to beat at the time. They were hotly tipped to beat the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. What happens? The Chiefs stopped Frank, uh, the Chiefs stopped Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has said in the past that the Chiefs have a defense, which is his sort of kryptonite. Did you watch the Ravens the other night? They weren't very good on offense. Like Lamar Jackson had the most Lamar Jackson stat line of all time 217 passing yards, 86 rushing yards, and one touchdown. Like, who's that going to be? If it can't beat Derek Carr and the Raiders, is it going to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Not no 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 chance. Yes, yeah. they can run the football, but again, it comes down to converting running football into touchdowns. And can they keep up with Patrick Mahomes in terms of scoring? Derek Carr threw for four hundred and nine yards against this Ravens defense. Four hundred and nine from Derek Carr. What's Patrick wow. Mahomes going to do to it? Like you, you've seen the touchdown from Monday night, the game-winning touchdown. They zero blitz Derek Carr. Imagine zero blitzing. Patrick Mahomes. And we know the Ravens love to blitz. They blitz more than any other team. And what has happened every single time that they have blitzed Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes has killed it. He's either dropped back further further than normal to give himself some room to launch a deep ball to McCole Hardman, who's beating Marcus Peters all hands up. Marcus Peters, who, by the way, isn't playing next week because he's injured for the year. I just don't see how the Ravens are wired to beat the Chiefs. They should Mm. have concentrated on trying to beat them. But they haven't. They still play the same sort of defence. They're still trying to let Lamar Jackson run it all. They're still trying to run the football. And I just don't understand why. They've got some wide receivers, but they're not using them. Yes, Sammy Watkins got four receptions for 96 yards. But again, that's not going to beat the Chiefs. I just I just feel like the Ravens are one of the worst positioned teams to beat the Chiefs. And I just don't understand why you don't try and build to beat the Chiefs like the Buffalo Bills are trying to do. I suppose it's different with the Ravens uh, because, especially for Spags, he's going to be, uh, he's going to have to just scheme really for the run game, isn't he? Really? I mean, there's, there's they scheme I mean, for Lamar the Jackson. They, they, they yeah, exactly. For Lamar Jackson. That's all it is. They make yeah. sure that they've got the two guys on the edge set in decent edges so Lamar can't escape around the outside and they're bringing guys through the middle. That's all it is. It would have done every single time. If Frank Clark, if Frank Clark plays on Monday night, Lamar Jackson isn't going to be a factor. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, just comparing, obviously, what I was uh, going to go with the Ravens and obviously the Browns. Uh, the Browns had that other level, didn't they, where you knew there was wide receiver threats there and you mm-hmm. knew there was a quarterback there that would be able to get the ball to them, which he did. We saw that with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. But obviously with Mar- Lamar Jackson, he's not really that willing to pull the trigger. His first mindset is, I'm going to run this thing and I'm going to run it wherever I need to, whether there's a gap. And I suppose the, the Chiefs only have to really kind of scheme for that really don't they that's that's the main threat that's what i'm basically trying to say is the ravens main threat is lamar jackson's run game 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, because it offers something completely different that most teams can't do. Like we all watched yeah. Kyler Murray on Sunday and look how much he tore about the uh, Tennessee Titans, but the Tennessee Titans are a terrible defense. Running quarterbacks are an issue. They they are a problem because it's like you drop back and you always have to keep an eye on the quarterback because you, you want to play man coverage, but as soon as you turn your back, they take off. Like the Chiefs have successes in it as well. When teams turn their back to Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's still an excellent runner of the football. And Lamar Jackson's obviously a little bit better than Patrick Mahomes running the football, but not too much. Patrick Mahomes slightly underrated when it comes to running the football. But to your broader point, yes, they do have to scheme for it, but at the end of the day, it comes down to scoring points. And when the pitch gets a lot shorter, when they've only got that first and goal from the nine yards, whatever, and the Chiefs have such a smaller uh, bit of field to defend, that's when the Chiefs defense comes into its own against running quarterbacks because they can just leave guys up there and attack the line of scrimmage. And I just don't, I just can't see a scenario where the Ravens put up enough points against this Chiefs defense to keep up with what the Chiefs are going to inevitably do to that Ravens D. Yeah, um, I just wanted to mention uh, a couple of threats that I think that would be on the uh, the Ravens side on the defensive side. Um, we saw some a uh, couple of players that actually got sacks against the Raiders. In uh, Patrick Queen mm-hmm. seems very good, and uh, per- uh, per- Pernell McPhee as well. Uh, two linebackers there that look decent. But I also want to bring up the the fact that we've got a couple of Chiefs returning, former Chiefs returning. Mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins and Justin Houston. Mm. I didn't realize he went to the Ravens. That was such a surprise <laughs> to me. When I saw him, when I saw him, like I think he did. He get to. I think he got to Derek Carr, didn't he? But he, he didn't quite sack him. And I was like, what? What the hell is Justin Houston doing in the Ravens? <laughs> What's he doing there? Is it something that the Chiefs really have to look into there? Because obviously, Sammy Sammy Watkins, former Chief, he seems to be from the stats. He seems to be their number one wide receiver at the minute. Um, he's got the most yards. He's obviously had the most, um, you know, um, catching attempts and all that. Um, are they going to be a, a, a factor in this? Obviously, knowing how the Chiefs play, are they going to be able to bring anything over to their new team and say, this is how the Chiefs will run that? And do you think that will be a factor in that as well? I think more so in Sammy Watkins' case, not in Justin Houston's case. He's never played in this defense. He, he got no. let go before Steve Spagnuolo was, yeah. was brought into the building. Um, so he or very similar time in any way. He did, never played under him, let's put it that way. So Justin Houston isn't a factor when it comes to our revealing the Chiefs playbook. That just doesn't that doesn't matter. Sammy Watkins, maybe a little bit more. So he might be able to walk over to uh the Ravens DC and say, Oh, this is what they like to do. But we're talking about NFL coaches here. Like they're about practice, they, man. <laughs> they're already sitting there watching the film. Like, if that was the case, then every single person that gets cut by the Chiefs would be picked yeah. up because I'll oh, come over here. Let's, let's hear the playbook. No, come on. Let's, let's, let's reveal their secrets, their dirty secrets, bring them over here. I don't <laughs> think it's necessarily a thing. I think they've got enough film guys, enough scouts out there that they, they know what's going to happen or they at least can educate and guess what's going to happen. They don't really need Sammy Watkins input for that on the field. Yes. Yeah, Sammy Watkins is going to be an issue. He's a good player. He's a good player. We could have done with a Sammy Watkins type player on Sunday because we certainly didn't have that on Sunday. Um, yeah. And going forward, we're going to need someone that could at least offer the production that Sammy Watkins was offering the Chiefs the last couple of years. Is he going to be a factor on Sunday? Yeah, he might get his. But again, I keep saying it, I don't think it's going to matter because mm. what Patrick Mahomes and this offense are going to be able to scheme up against that Ravens defense. On Sunday night or Monday night, they like to double team Darren Waller. That's who they seem to focus on. They can do that if they want mm-hmm. to against Travis Kelsey. But if they're going to pair that with blitzing, leave Tyreek Hill one-on-one, leave Demarcus Robinson one-on-one, leave McCall yeah. Harden one-on-one, and the offensive line manages to hold up in pass protection, then it's going to be it's going to be awful for the Ravens, Steve. Mahomes is going to tear them apart. Mm-hmm. Just you saying there that um, obviously focusing on Travis Kelsey or, or one of the uh, you know, Chiefs key players there, but did you see um, Derek Carr to completely miss the fact that Darren Waller was down the field on his own. I didn't Did you see know. that play. You know, no, see that play. He no. was wide open and, and Derek Carr was literally looking at him and then he dumped it off. I think he, he, he it was a bit of a check down or something. <laughs> um, I mean, pressure was coming, so he probably didn't see him, but he was wide open. And I suppose if that's Patrick Mahomes, he already knows Kelsey's already out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's going to exactly. be finding him, isn't he? So, you know, it, it already showed that the Ravens had a little bit of a, 
you know, a bit of a miscommunication there, I suppose, in that in, in that uh, defensive package that they had. But is there anything that the Ravens can do in this game that would win the, the game? Other than I, don't say scoring touchdowns. No, don't say that. Obviously, they need to, they're going to do it anyway because Harbour's really aggressive, in a really aggressive coach anyway. He's analytically minded. So they are going to go for the fourth downs. You, like, we're not going to see them punting on Sunday night. Um, yeah. Defensively, I feel like they need to change it up against the Chiefs. They can't blitz as much as they used to because Mahomes is feasted off that blitz that the Ravens have, have bought his way in the past. Um, offensively, keep it short and sweet. Try to give or take what the Chiefs give them. Um, maybe take shots at the cornerbacks. Like the the Browns did that quite well on Sunday night. They they targeted um, Mike Hughes. They targeted Traverius Ward. Um, target like the weaker links of the Chiefs defense, and that is the cornerback. Sorry, Tyron Matthew. Please don't at me again. If you're <laughs> uh, but it is the weaker part of this Chiefs defense, and so maybe they can attack them. Yeah. Trust their guys. Trust Hollywood Brown. Trust Sammy Watkins to win their matchups. And Lamar Jackson. Maybe trust your arm. Maybe hang in the pocket a little bit. Extend the play if you want to, but don't necessarily cross the line of scrimmage. Extend the play, let your receivers work back to you and see if you can march the ball down the field that way. Don't always try to be big play and like all this flash in the pan offense. If you need to take it slow, do, because you can have success against the Chiefs defense playing that way. The Browns proved it on Sunday night. But the most important thing, is converting drives into touchdowns. If they, if we, the Ravens bring out Justin Tucker more than two or three times on drives, the Chiefs are going to win this game easily. We, we, they need to see less of Justin Tucker and more of Mark Andrews in the end zone, more of Williams in the end zone, more of Lamar Jackson in the end zone. That's what the Ravens need to do. They need to score at least 30 points and they need to wise up a little bit defensively against Mahomes. Ones to watch. I'll give you a couple of ones to watch. We already mentioned him already for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson. He's the only guy really that is the main threat for this uh, this run D. So I've gone for Lamar Jackson this week. I've also gone for the Chiefs. I've gone for Tyreek Hill because he had a monster game against yeah. the Browns. Was it 196 yards, 197 yards he had? And he said yeah. he left yards on the field. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that's phenomenal. That's mind-blowing. Um, and it, I mean, d- d- when you hear that stat that he's had like nearly 200 yards there, but he he had that against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that first quarter. Mm-hmm. He had like 200 odd yards in that, didn't he? I mean, that, that it kind of brought everything to line with me, that the fact that that 200 quarter game that he had mm-hmm. was such an amazing feat. Um, because if he's had that against the Browns nearly 200, 200 yards in one game, yeah, you know that was that was such a phenomenal thing. But Terry Hill, I mean, we've mentioned him time and time again on the show. He's such a talisman. He's such a, a focal point. And um, I, know, I know Patrick Mahomes was uh, was asked today, wasn't he, that uh, about the meme about um, fit Tyreek Hill's down there somewhere. <laughs> and he says, "Yeah, it's a bit like that sometimes." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he actually sure. admitted it, didn't he? If you look um, at the numbers, like Tyreek Hill now, what? Not to go too long on Tyreek, but eighteen hundred yards across what fifteen games? Should we say fifteen more games? Because yeah. Chancellor is not going to be playing in week eighteen. Well, that's one hundred and twenty yards a game, and then he reaches two thousand yards receiving. Like, is that completely out of the question with Tyreek Hill? No. Is it? Ooh. Is Sunday going to be the only two hundred yard game of the season for him? I don't think so. I think he'll have put at least one or two more. So uh, yeah. the 2,000 yard season could be well within his reach and be good if he can add some touchdowns to it too. Um, I'm going for Frank Clark. Um, Frank Clark has always played well against the Ravens. So that's who I'm going for um, this week because he's always been the guy that like the run defense is kind of fed through to stop Lamar Jackson specifically. On yeah. the other side of the ball um, or the, on the other side of uh, the field in the Ravens, maybe... Marlon Humphrey, he's a good defender. I like him yeah. a lot. He's a he's a good safety, and um, uh, he seems to be like the one constant in the Ravens uh, secondary that plays well. So he's got a big yeah. ask. Obviously, he's got to um, potentially go against Travis Kelsey. So um, if Travis Kelsey might might get his, or Marlon Humphrey might be up to the task like he was on on Monday against uh, Darren Waller. So yeah, they're they're the guys that I'm going for. Pray for Humphrey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then last thing to do then, mate, uh, predictions. Okay. So I'm going, I'm going quite bold on this one this week. Um, I did actually, I've actually just changed it there while you were talking because I, I think I've been convinced by your arguments about the Ravens and I've gone for 37, 14 to the chiefs. 
Wow, two touchdowns. So you 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 accept that they're going to be aggressive, but they might yeah. end up in them some failed fourth down attempts down by the. Okay, I like your thinking. Yeah. I like your thinking. They're not bringing out Justin Tucker. I like it. I like it from the Ravens' yeah. point of view. Not bringing out Justin Tucker. I think we yeah. still see Justin Tucker a couple of times. Um, yeah. Only because the situation might allow it. It might be like a fourth and 12 from the 30. So they have no option other than to bring out um, Justin Tucker. I think they get some points, but what I do, I do. I think I can see them getting potentially 20 points, maybe 20 23, points, right? 20 points, 21 maybe. Um, but I think the Chiefs are going to, are going to murder them. I do. Yeah. Um, is, is, is a murder for Ravens? Is that a number of, Murder? No, is it a murder of crows? Oh, it's a murder of crows, not murder of ravens. Uh, yeah, I thought I was my old head. I thought I was going to do some witty pun there. <laughs> oh no, no, the ravens is uh, never more, isn't it? Oh, okay, yeah. So not a murder <laughs> of ravens. Um, <laughs> it might be. I don't know. <laughs> we just rebrand the ravens, the crows, so I can have my pun. <laughs> um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say. I'm, all right, I'm going to say the ravens get 22 points. And I'm going to say that the Chiefs get 38 on Sunday. Um, is it Sunday night football? Yeah, Sunday night football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mate, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, you can listen to the Great British Chiefs show every Wednesday during the 2021 season. And a huge shout out to those of you that have been leaving reviews for us. Um, we've really been feeling the love at the moment. So thank you for those. They're absolutely Keep awesome. Keep doing it. We love it. Keep doing it. Yeah, we, we, we're getting some... Um, some uh, Good we're comments gonna, from Pete. That's a pay rise. <laughs> if you keep doing this, we get a pay rise. <laughs> and Brad will buy you all a beer next time we go to Kansas City. <laughs> I've already wrote us a to song. That. Brad can buy you beers. <laughs> can I just say before we leave, Arrowhead was loud. It, it was. was loud. It, it was. was phenomenal. And the fans, Chiefs Kingdom, you had all that pent up frustration ready. Mm-hmm. for when the gates open at Arrowhead and it was a phenomenal we heard you across the pond remember you can also listen to more Chiefs related content here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network which can be heard on Apple Podcasts and even Spotify but all that's left to say here is from one kingdom to another we'll speak to you again soon What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.